second. India have won the test match. India have won the series. They're going to get back for two. India at home. Lords goes wild. Hello and welcome to another edition of the 81 All Out podcast. This is Siddhartha Vaidyanathan at SidV on Twitter. And I'm joined today by uh, three guests, special guests. We have uh, Subhash Jairaman, the cricket coach. Hi, Subhash. Hey, Sid. Hey, we have uh, Ashoka at ABVAN on Twitter. Hi, Ashoka. Hey, man. Hey, and we also have from uh, Pakistan... Amir, who's been uh, kind enough to join us on uh, a couple of podcasts before. Hey. Sidby, when we weren't recording, you had my pronunciation perfect. <laughs> it's Amir, uh, and, and I'm very happy to be here, as always. Amir, okay. uh, I think uh, Sidby's performance is like reflecting Pakistan's, you know, <laughs> and practice, plans, <laughs> like seem to have like something like, okay, we learned from the previous mistakes. Okay, this is what we will not do. And then he goes and does it. So I think it's par for the course. I think it uh, symbolizes what we just saw today. Uh, we are here to talk about uh, India-Pakistan uh, in uh, the, after the World Cup match. A pretty uh, lopsided game, except for a few phases here and there. But mostly lopsided. India ended up winning. And so we're going to talk about the game. We did have a, a preview of the game as well, which I'll link in case you want to go back and listen to what we thought of uh, what is going to happen and our predictions. I think all of us anyway predicted that uh, the result as it uh, turned out and uh, India ended up winning as we expected. But let me um, bring in uh, Subhash first. Uh, any any surprise at all, Subhash? Or, uh, It'd be disingenuous to say that uh, we were surprised by the result, considering what me and uh, Amir said in the uh, preview podcast of uh, how, considering the disparity in talent and skill level and depth of the side, that the India should win quite comfortably. However, still, um, considering that India were missing the number one choice opener, and uh, they were opening with somebody that was pulled into the side on the last minute as the number four and introducing a new guy at number four for, um, uh, you know, his World Cup debut. Uh, and uh, having uh, their first choice seamer, um, you know, leaving after only bowling 16 deliveries or uh, 14 deliveries. Um, giving all that, you would think Pakistan would have given themselves a much better account of themselves. Uh, the fact that that did not happen is a surprise. So uh, let's get the Pakistani reaction now. So uh, I did see a few tweets from you and uh, you were, in fact, went on a, a much uh, larger kind of a context when you spoke about the decline of uh, Pakistani cricket, music and other popular culture as well. Was it something that uh, just occurred to you or is it something you've been talking about? For a while, um, I was just saying that you know, growing up in the '90s, there was uh, cricket and music were like basically the the two passions that everyone my age had. And in a sense, I've been very lucky to work in both these fields uh, as I've grown older. Um, the unlucky part being that I've I've had to witness the kind of uh, decline and uh, you know despair up uh, quite upfront and firstly. And and it's it's perhaps an indictment of the or of the rest that cricket is still not as depressing as as where the other kind of uh, 
uh, facets of culture are. But I think just to, I, I mean, you know what Subhash said about like Pakistan failing to capitalize on um, um, on, on the both Indian opening batter and bowler being ruled out. I think, I mean, that is theoretically a possibility, but this Pakistan side feels so far behind in terms of not just <laughs> where the other teams are, but where it's, its own players used to be. You know, if you look at somebody like Hassan Ali's rapid regression, um, Shadab is, uh, has been out of the game for a while. He had that whole hepatitis issue. Um, but, you know, he's not really looked uh, completely himself. It has, hasn't helped that they haven't picked, these, uh, picked him regularly. Um, you know, the bowling in general, Amir accepted, has been pretty terrible. And um, and then with the batting as well, I mean, you know, Shweb Malik's continued selection will probably now end. But now that we've been knocked out of the World Cup, and I, I don't even know what to say to that beyond the fact that this is just, you know, something that's been persisting in Pakistan. For a while, they have been, uh, you know, for the last uh, two World Cups as well as the dec- last decade or so, there's a whole bunch of external factors. Um, but they haven't really done much to kind of, uh, you know, correct course at a, at, at a very fundamental level. I think that's what this match represented. Like, I feel that moment that you really knew what this match was going to be like was when Rohit and Rahul um, literally were gifting a run out to Pakistan. But then Fakhar throws at the wrong end which Wahab fails to collect, which the second guy then throws to the other end and by that time Rohit's made it. Like, I think, you know, at that point it was clear that even if India mess up spectacularly, Pakistan are just not in the mind frame or the ability to execute the skills to take advantage. What do you, like, attribute that? Is it to, to skills that you attribute it to alone or is it also like something else, like the um, mentally that uh, also is happening? I mean, I think I, I, was, I was speaking to Rashid Latif, the former wicketkeeper. Uh, I asked him a pretty much the same question. And his answer was that, you know, by and large, the weaker team will usually feel more nerves because, you know, as uh, over time, like the stronger team will come out uh, more, ta- you know, uh, more often. And if you really are going to see an upset, um, then it would mean firstly, you know, overcoming those nerves, but also having a lot of things go your way, like it happened in the Champions Trophy final. Um, and I think this team, every time it walks in, it already knows that it's it's much, much more inferior. Um, and then that kind of, you know, has, uh, if Pakistan finds any sort of confidence or nerves uh, or overcoming their nerves, it usually happens because they're on, you know, they have some momentum going for them or they have some, uh, you know, they've hit rock bottom or... So, I think, uh, you know, if the number ninth or eighth ranked team in the world takes on the world number one side, I'm sure they'll feel a bit of nerves. And if there's like so much pressure about it um, and a 6 nil record to overcome, I think that obviously makes it a lot harder. I feel that maybe what we, how we dissect this patch might not apply to previous encounters. But I think over here, there's there's really not much to see, you know, or, or not much to overthink. It's a really weak side that kind of uh, was coming into a big pressure match and it uh, it, it balked at the occasion. I mean, India is not a entirely, you know, bulletproof side. They have the weaknesses, you know. You could say they are over-reliant on the top three, but that is... Um, is, that's neither here nor there. I mean, that's the job. The top three is to produce the runs. However, um, when towards the end, they couldn't really, um, you know, it needed somebody coming in at four, five, you know, whether it's Hardik Pandya at four and Rahul at five or vice versa, 
uh, additional hitting depth would have helped to push the score where they would have batted Pakistan entirely out of the game. You know, there was a theoretical possibility when Pakistan started the chase. So that's, I would say, you know, uh, and uh, Mohamed Amir bowled really well. Um, he knew exactly what he needed to do for the middle-order batsmen, so they couldn't get a move on and get any... They couldn't make the score balloon uh, beyond Pakistan's even theoretical reach. But uh, just going purely by the the tactical aspect of it, given that they won the toss and decided to uh, field first, and uh, and even Kohli uh, said that uh, he would feel he would have fielded first too. So there was probably something there. Do you think that uh, there was also a question of the execution of skills? I mean, people were talking about the lengths they were bowling and uh, perhaps the first 10 to 15 overs they didn't uh, utilize as well as they could have. Uh, I think uh, with the nature of what uh, the Pakistan uh, team composition is, chasing was probably a very bad idea. Because when you know that Hafiz and uh, Shoaib Malik and Imad Wasim comprises of your, and then Sarfraz comprise of your, uh, lower order, like even in a shortened game, the worst case for them was uh, chase like 150, 160 in 20 overs or, uh, or the best case would have been uh, to bundle out India. So, but the other way around, when they, if they had batted first and even had made like 260, 270, a shortened game would give them a far better chance given that Amir and uh, perhaps even Wahab uh, come into the picture uh, and straight away get into the dead bowling mode rather than uh, try to restrict India for a longer number of overs. And secondly, I, I seriously question the method of bowling short to Rohit uh, once he's like in the 20s or 30s. I, I, I didn't understand why they were repeatedly bowling short. I mean, the, the other day we saw West Indies bowl short to Root and they carried it till the 40th over, 40th, 50th over. And by which time, I mean, the match was done. Uh, they kept doing it in the hope that, okay, the next ball, at least one wicket will come. I mean, I don't know what the plan was at all. Um, so, I thought that uh, Hassan Ali and uh, Wahab probably bowled far too short and down the leg. I, it was very apparent. Uh, I mean, I am no expert, but it was very apparent from the way that they were bowling that this is not something that is going to give you the wicket of Rohit Sharma probably once he has crossed like 40 or 50. When the skill gap is so much between two teams, right? Um, at some point, you do things not because you think it's going to work. You hope that it will work. Um, you know, that's like bowling short after Rohit is set. You know, you would score what, 53 of, uh, sorry, 57 of 23 balls or 22 balls, something like that. You know, but, Basically, strike rate of 200 on short deliveries for him. I mean, the way he was going to get out was, well, either run out, Pakistan could execute a run out or that he will, uh, you know, trying to clear short fine leg, he'll actually hit it to the hands of short fine leg. There was no other way. I mean, everybody pretty much knew after he got 30, 40 that, oh, this guy is down for a 200 today. With regards to the toss, uh, I feel that obviously, uh, you know, the way the game turned out, it looked like a really bad decision. I think in, in the defense of the Pakistani think tank, given the fact that there's been rain predicted for quite a few days, there's been rain throughout this tournament, and, um, you know, that they've, obviously they would expect that to get some assistance early, uh, early on in the morning. Uh, and more importantly, when you're chasing, uh, 
and and the you know if there's been rain the outfield gets wetter it's harder for the spinners to come in uh so there's there's advantages to that um which obviously pakistan couldn't take um and also i think the other thing the mood in pakistan at least was because pakistan really seems to switch on better in t20 cricket and obviously when you reduce the number of overs it it reduces uh you know it gives the weaker team more of a chance so there was a feeling that uh, a rain shortened match would play in pakistan's favor um and in that sense perhaps that's why you know that was the the decision that they were going with um and as it turned out they couldn't take advantage of the 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 conditions because amir apart everybody else just was not consistent so you know there were there's maybe a few deliveries in his entire spell that hasan ali was getting it right wahab the same but it was such a lack of consistency where it you know crickwiz had this stat showing that on average both teams found the same amount of swing but on specific deliveries indian bowlers were finding a lot more swing largely because they were pitching it in a consistent area and amir apart nobody did that for pakistan and which meant that you know then panic stations you start turning to the short ball even though it's not working hoping to find you know hoping that something works rather than knowing that something will work let's get to the batting though i mean uh, irrespective of uh, what the bowling team does and everything else i mean this was uh, some a couple of really solid innings i would uh, say i mean especially the rohit innings there was uh, once he got to 30 as it, as we've seen so many times in the past and there's uh, some solidity about him right it's it's almost impenetrable very difficult to get him out he's so good with you know any length he hit that six uh, sort of uh, square six which everyone uh, comp- uh, sort of was reminded of the tendulkar shot from 2003 then he took on the spinners like again no bowler really seems to matter and he g- gets into that zone where uh, as you said you just feel that there has to be something that goes wrong for him to get out uh, i mean obviously he's a phenomenal batsman um you know and he has shown that over his last what 11 years of playing international cricket and today what he did that was interesting was with uh, shikhar on missing who would usually do the uh, initial bulk of scoring while rohit sharma gets set in today he allowed Ro- kl rahul who is now pushed up to open to take his time and while rohit got the deliveries to score off of and kl rahul was playing out mohammad amir um and once Ro- batsman of the class of rohit sharma gets set in um the margin of error is so tiny that and especially a batsman of the capabilities of uh, rohit sharma that he can manufacture boundaries from anywhere uh, you know tiniest uh, differences in length or width uh, he puts it away for a boundary so there's really no pressure on him to you know rotate the strike uh, or uh, you know keep the scoreboard ticking all that stuff he can do pretty much anything he wants um, is that good and with uh, only one bowler in the opposition really challenging anything uh telling the batsman uh, it was a open season for him um so he could have done you know he could have scored another double hundred today you think that all the uh, the concerns that uh, people brought forth uh, before the world cup uh, in terms of india's batting you think they were overblown or you think india could still find themselves in a situation in the knockouts perhaps even where their number 5 6 7 <laughs> suddenly become exposed with not much on the board i think uh, the concerns themselves were that that uh, during the knockouts this middle order is something that will be tested that may be tested because uh, the the wins we had i mean uh, fair enough uh, we ticked 
good boxes right like in the south africa match uh, rohit played exceptionally well i thought that was his best 100 of the tournament uh, though this is like 140 then that is 120 i mean yeah i would still i am still dicey about vijay shankar and kedar jadhav uh, like following dhoni when you see the likes of rohit and and kohli and then um, you know both hardik and and dhoni weren't exactly looking the most uh, and uh, hardik had some good runs but like you know they weren't looking the most uh, um, reassuring But I think that being said, again, batting is only half of the game, and I think that um, when you look at if if Bhuvneshwar is is uh, you know comes back from his injury, and you've got Bumrah, um, you've got those spinners. Um, in, in, India's got a very very good bowling attack, and I think that's the balance. At least the team management should be looking at. Like when I listen to the analysis, I feel that there's way too much discussion about. um the batting and what the batting may or may not do when in fact like you know i think the smart thing to do is you've got all these great talents and you act according to the suspicion i mean it's a byproduct of uh, watching the indian cricket team of uh, 80s and 90s i suppose which is you know we had some very obviously great batsmen uh, but uh, not so great bowlers um, or nothing of nothing like the collection of bowlers india has right now that uh, you forget to ever consider bowling in your equation when you're talking about a cricket match um so it will take some time to get used to that and then uh, you'll see the overall balance of the team and there's another point as well in this especially when it comes to india pakistan world cup matches there are a large set of people and many of whom are celebrities on social media and celebrities in the media space and things who don't uh, follow this indian cricket team day in and day out so they if you ask them what happened in uh, you know two series ago they won't necessarily tell uh, be able to tell you but because it's india pakistan and the hype machine and things they come and they sort of start following this game and then somehow in their head you know they will make a statement saying that even 320 is not enough on this pitch it's simply because they are basing it on whatever uh, little uh, data points they have which is not much and then w- without realizing that india actually has a bowling attack to even defend 250 if uh, if they had made only 250 you would still say that the bowling attack uh, you know you would give them a chance but i think uh, the uh, when it comes to india pakistan the uh, opinion space is so wide and varied and often so ill informed that you have these narratives just going berserk i mean there is another aspect to it too which is that you know the um, necessity um, of the person watching the game because as you said not everybody is tuned in for every game that india play or every india pakistan game because it's world cup hyped up so everybody is tuned in they want to say that i watched that game that india completely decimated pakistan so what is better than saying oh if they score 450 and bowl you know and then pakistan crumbles under the chase pressure or whatever uh, then they're like you know they get to watch india win without any stress I, and i've kind of experienced this feeling also while watching it in a stadium um in uh, 2015 world cup that's like oh india scored a big score and people were like relieved like given the pakistan lineup they knew pakistan was not going to really challenge the total so now it's a party atmosphere you know selfie time i think i mean uh, so you kind of almost dread this game because you know that there'll be a lot of stupid things in the atmosphere uh, if if there's uh, you know it it has an outsized impact on what people think and say about the teams um you know it really distorts the reality around the situation and then worst of all it just leads to a very one-sided 
kind of uh, terrible uh, match um so you know like there there is they I, i i get that feeling from a lot of indians as well where you know that of course no, no one's going to scoff at beating your rivals but it's just that you know it would be a lot more fun that if they were playing a match where their team had to actually be tested or stretched a little bit um like again in the, the only time pakistan has won in recent times that was also a one sided match so it's you know for for people who are invested in the cricket of it uh, there's not so much to enjoy in fact i felt this was probably the worst out of all seven matches i don't think there's ever been a match where um and probably 2015 comes closest um mm-hmm. but even in that i think there was at the start and near the end there was this feeling that you know that pakistan might still come back into it i think at this match at no point did you feel that india are in trouble and i think when when dhoni got, got out and it looked like okay maybe they can do something that's when it rained and when they come back out you know they do a lot better um so yeah like i feel just from the if we just take ourselves out from this situation of our what we're supporting and and as just cricket fans it's it's actually bad for the sport right like uh, obviously this rivalry might endure because of all these other factors but you know as people who are enjoying the game it's it's so disappointing that such a big rivalry does not throw up a good match the hype around this game and at least in the recent uh, meetings that we have seen doesn't really match up to the actual cricket on the field so you know then what is the point of all this hype i mean i think you know hype obviously is not being generated for the match right like the people who are most uh, guilty of it are doing it for their own uh, purposes whether it's the corporations or whether it's celebrities politicians um they they're looking they're cashing in on something on an idea that's huge and prevalent at that moment and they're trying to center themselves in it so the thing is that when india and pakistan play a really close game um that creates a, the, the a, a spectacle and and memories that literally you know last a generation they hook an entire generation of fans in um and so i think that's perhaps the other thing that you're aware of that if this all this hype and jingoism actually gets married to a good match then that's a win win for everyone you know like i think um when i was thinking back to all the really close matches between those sides in the aftermath there's actually a lot more camaraderie and and good vibe uh rather than you know um uh i would say anger or whatever and obviously that isn't guaranteed always but overall i think th- this is the worst case scenario what we witnessed today is i think just for the sport and and for you know fans who have to endure all the jingoism like a match like this really is the worst payoff that cricket can give you correct and uh, the last time the anything sign i mean any exciting match that happened between these two teams was the 2008 uh, t20 world cup or 2007 20 world cup where in those two matches there was a fantastic bowl out uh, in the first match and the uh, the finals uh where misbah scoops it to shrisak so i think that was the last time that i can remember that any india pakistan match uh lived up to the billing after that 2011 not really i mean uh 2011 was a weird match where i i don't think even both teams were going full throttle they were kind of holding back uh it was a stalemate kind of a game but one team made 260 another team made 230 2015 as you said was horrible and this one was even more horrible so 
it's been 11 years and throughout this 11 years whenever we see we have been like inundated with like unnecessary hype where i mean the whole moka moka was 2015 right i mean campaign wise it was a fantastic campaign but the match did not live up to it it was a bad uh, i mean bad cricket contest so yeah it it does uh, i don't know about what it does for the game uh, but it it does not make for a pleasant experience whatever you hype it up to was there any point in the pakistani chase that any of you guys felt that okay this might be close i mean there was a good partnership between uh, uh, fakhar zaman and uh, babar babar azam did any of you feel no i did no 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 there was so even during that partnership they were uh, trying to play the game where conserving wickets keeping it the run rate at 5 but even then it felt very inevitable like this was the asking rate was going above uh, 7 and a half 8 and they were like 30 odd overs to chase it down so given that hafiz uh, shoaib malik in in poor form uh, sarfraz and imad were the resources that they had it was looking very bad for pakistan even then i mean given that uh, the asking rate at the beginning of the innings was what 6.7 something like that um and given the modern day restrictions on fielding um you know you can score five runs in over uh, quite easily without taking risk which is what pakistan did which is what australia did too against india um, um however you knew given the score on the board and the quality of the bowlers and as the ball gets older it's going to grip more it's going to turn more we saw imad wasim turn and bounce one he's a finger spinner but uh, with the two wrist spinners bowling you knew taking this against them is going to be difficult and the guys were trying and pakistani batsmen were trying to play out kuldeep and kohli was uh, you know in a staring contest basically he's like i'm going to keep kuldeep on till your run rate goes up which means you have to uh, at some point go after him and uh, you know obviously the delivery that got babrazam was great uh, but the, to answer the question no you, you didn't feel like they are getting close um, it's just that they were delaying the inevitable Yeah, I think also, I mean, that they're talking about like playing for the DLS and con- uh, conserving the wickets. I think it was also, uh, I mean, if Babar and Fakhar had like, and I'm sure they must be aware of it, that, you know, it's really the top three that's been putting up the big scores for Pakistan. So unless like both of these had hundreds, um, there was nothing ha- going to happen for Pakistan anyway. Like I think at most at that point, what you felt was that, you know, like Fakhar was uh, getting a couple of boundaries and it's like, is that... these guys played another 10 overs um or so then you have some vague possibility starting at that point we could have answered your question with yeah maybe it felt something was possible the way that fakhar and the babar both went out wasn't anything that you know that the ball is really got on top of them whatever and so again it just kept feeling like you know that even getting the the simple things right was something that was beyond pakistan Yeah the uh, one thing to talk about though is the from the indian bowling perspective i mean uh, bhuvneshwar kumar uh, ha- couldn't uh, take part in the for most of the innings because he got the you know he got the tightness in his uh, uh, when he was uh, bowling it bit of a niggle i guess but which uh, he was sat out but uh, vijay shankar and hardik pandya i mean you could uh, say some bad batting you could also say some uh, good balls here and there but uh, 
they did end up being frontline seamers. And if you see the uh, if you see the figures, they ended up uh, doing better than Bumrah even. Yeah, actually, Manjrekar uh, announced it on air, saying that um, Vijay Shankar outperformed uh, Bumrah. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know how often that's going to happen. I mean, by sheer numbers, sure. Uh, but you know, that was also a product of the match situations that uh, that was going to happen. Um, but by and large, um, you know, as uh, Amar indicated earlier, this is a very well-rounded Indian bowling lineup, bowling attack. Um, they have decent depth, uh, you know, and they have the magic of a Keda Jadav that they didn't even have to go to today. Um, <laughs> so, so, I mean, you know, even though Bumrah uh, didn't really cause damage, um, and, you know, when after the second interruption, he was just, ambly, he, he wasn't really Bumrah, you know, he, um, taken for runs, you know, seven hours, 40 or something like that. Um, that I don't expect that to happen because the match was by then done and dusted. Um, you know, uh, India does have a concern with uh, Bhuvneshwar Kumar. Um, I think Kohli mentioned in the post-match that uh, he's going to be held back for at least three to four games and uh, he might make a comeback towards the latter part of the tournament, uh, which means Shami comes in. Um, the only Shami is obviously a tremendous bowler. The only concern there is that uh, Bhuvi can hold a bat. Uh, where Shami can't at number eight. So, uh, coming to the rest of the tournament, uh, so what is the, uh, what do you see, where do you see Pakistan going from here? And uh, is it again, do they have to rely on that, uh, uh, bringing back that momentum somehow with, you know, is it going to be a game or two here and there? Or is there something that they are, you think they can do to put in that, that get that string of two, three wins going? Yeah, Pakistan is probably going to the Allama Iqbal International Airport in Lahore next. Um, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's where the the mathematics of the table suggests that that's also where, I mean, uh, you know, their situation suggests that. Uh, I, I've been saying this right from the beginning of the tournament. I fully expect us to have a defeat to one of Bangladesh or Afghanistan. And so those two teams are our last two matches. Um, the, with the you know jokes apart, with the net run rate already so destroyed, I, and and the way I think there's just four games left, the final spot really you know the two Australia New Zealand uh, Pakistan would need to overcome those, and that would mean those two sides dropping points um, rather than us doing anything. So you know I have uh, zero uh, hopes of anything happening for Pakistan. And uh, from the Indian perspective, I mean, they have a, a, a few days off now. They take on Afghanistan at the next weekend, and then uh, after that, of course, you have uh, a few. Uh, the, you have England and uh, West Indies, and uh, so Subash, uh, you see India just getting better, or do you see this uh, booby injury and probably playing a part in uh, them having a couple of hiccups? They have a week off, and then they play a team that. You know, even uh, if not the India, you know, the second string Indian lineup should also be able to beat. Um, that gives them plenty of time for not only Bhuvneshwar Kumar to get better. Um, if it's not a tear, he should get better. The fact that, you know, the moment he felt uh, they took him out of the game rather than trying, because he was trying to bowl with it, which means it's not a complete, uh, completely torn uh, hamstring. So that's a good sign. Um, 
and it also gives additional time for uh, Shikhar Dhawan to heal and come back into the side. So uh, I would say things um, would look better. I mean, there is, I don't think there are major worries for India uh, yet. So yeah, they should they continue are, with what they have. They are facing uh, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh and Afghanistan. So they, you would expect them to win even three or three of them. England and West Indies, yeah, sure. Even if they lose those two, they are. I think they will be in the top four regardless. Yeah, I think uh, now it's pretty much a question of uh, this rankings now. I mean, as soon we're going to reach a point probably where the top four teams are uh, pretty clear and then it becomes who plays who. And again, I don't even know if that matters because uh, irrespective of whether India plays Australia in the semis or New Zealand in the semis or England in the semis, I mean, it's still like a, a knockout. So, uh, let's, uh, so we will definitely be bringing you some uh, reviews from all those games and uh, so yeah thank you so much for joining us at the on this uh, review podcast thanks thanks, thanks subhash thanks, thanks ashoka thanks amir and uh, we will uh, continue to bring you more podcasts it brings us to the end of this episode but please subscribe <laughs> on itunes spotify google podcasts or uh, wherever else you prefer also please leave a rating and a review so that people can find us and uh, you can follow us on twitter at 81 all out and check out all our previous podcasts and articles uh, on our website, that is 81allout.com. So we'd love to hear from you. So please send us feedback. Thank you and uh, goodbye. In the air, Srijan takes it! India win! He'll come back for the second. India have won the test match. India have won the series. They're going to get back for two. India at home. Lords goes wild.